Welcome to the Spiritual Advantage Podcast, where we discuss how to make a maximum impact with our lives by fulfilling our divine dreams with divine favor, like the great men and women of faith throughout history. I'm Sam Stone, the Light Keeper. You are the light of the world, and I am the keeper. No pun intended. Let's begin. A friend posted on Facebook a quote, Don't pray Our Father on Sunday and live like an orphan the whole week. I think that's both funny and enlightening. It triggers a question about how often I live like an orphan during the week. Are you aware of how many days each week you live like an orphan? Even as a pastor or teaching elder, I noticed that I have orphan-like moments even though I am primarily busy preparing for Sunday, studying for small groups, prayer groups, personal devotions, and meeting with believers. I can imagine that it must be hard to maintain the consciousness of being children of God for those who spend time with God only on Sundays. It reminds me of Bonnie M's song, Sometimes I Feel Like a Motherless Child. I don't know if you know them, but uh, I might be dating myself. I wonder how many people feel like orphans during this prolonged pandemic, especially when we cannot gather at the church. Don't pray our Father on Sunday and live like an orphan the whole week. See, a simple statement like that could kindle a series of enlightening thoughts and bringing awareness to something you have never noticed or forgotten. Enlightenment is awareness. Some are just small awarenesses, and other could be life-changing. It's like a lighthouse shining into the sea, bringing awareness to the danger and attention to the location. Sometimes awareness comes early, and other times it comes late, like a rude awakening. So we want enlightenment to come as soon as possible. Everyone wants enlightenment because without it, you feel like groping in the darkness. We live in the fallen world, swimming in the sea of suffering. Enlightenment makes life easier and allows us to stay afloat or even walk on the water. The English word enlightenment has a double meaning. It means the state of being enlightened as well as the action of enlightening. It means learning as well as teaching. When you learn, you get enlightened. When you teach, you enlighten others. That double meaning is also quite enlightening. You can only reach a limited level of enlightenment by learning. Sooner or later, you must teach in order to learn. Teaching is a form of deeper learning. When you study for PhD, for example, you are required to teach about 120 hours to graduate. Teaching can enlighten you deeper and broader. As a teaching elder myself, I have been teaching for over 26 years now, and I feel incredibly grateful for what I've learned by teaching. If I were to start over, I would do it again, even without pay. You can put the price on enlightenment. I would encourage anyone to teach. I started teaching Sunday school when I was in high school. That's when I realized the value of teaching. 
So I encourage you to pick up opportunities to teach, whether it's Sunday school, small groups, support group, Bible study, preaching on the pulpit, mission trips, or whatever provides you with the teaching opportunities. It's for your own enlightenment. You might receive more than you give. We have already covered six steps to heaven on earth in the previous six lessons, primarily by learning or enlightening yourself. Now it's time for you to enlighten others, to enlighten yourself further. How do you enlighten others? Let's unpack this secret from what Jesus taught us in his seventh blessing from the Beatitudes. Hi, in case we haven't met yet, I'm Sam Stone, the light keeper. You are the light of the world and I'm the keeper, no pun intended. It's my calling to help you shine your brightest so that God is glorified in you and you are satisfied in God. Today we will focus on the seventh blessing in the Beatitudes. It's from the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Listen to the word of the Lord. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Matthew 5, 9. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The term peacemaker appears only once in the Bible here. This Greek term, eronopoios, rarely appear in other first century literatures. So we don't have many references for this word from the contemporary documents to provide a straightforward interpretation. Philo, the first century philosopher, address God as the peacemaker. In other documents, the emperor is called the peacemaker. It's rarely used for common people. Peacemaking is a God-like behavior. So it's not surprising when Jesus said they will be called children of God. Some people simplistically interpret this statement as Jesus was advocating pacifism. Peacemaker is not a passive term, but an active term carrying a sense of proactively seeking reconciliation. So peacemakers are not anti-war, but pro-reconciliation. Remember during the fifth step, we talked about forgiveness. The forgiveness Jesus taught us is not passively forgiving others because it will only hurt yourself by holding grudges. True forgiveness is forgiving despite having the power to retaliate. Even if the law is on your side, it's keeping your sword in its sheath. That's real forgiveness. In the same way, peacemaking is not pacifism, but pro-reconciliation. It's strength under control. The Bible says God has given us the ministry of reconciliation, so we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, We entreat you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 20. So peacemaking is reconciliation. We know the Bible describes Jesus as the Prince of Peace who reconciled us with God. As ambassadors for Christ, you are peacemakers. He's saying by doing so, you share the same Heavenly Father with him and become a brother or sister of him. The question is, how do we perform the ministry of reconciliation? 
How do we be peacemakers? You know you cannot force reconciliation because forced reconciliation is not genuine reconciliation. It leads to a cold war that continues to fight in darkness. Jesus brought about reconciliation by shining the light into the darkness. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 8, 12. So he's the source of enlightenment, not just through his teaching, but also through his life, death, and resurrection. The empty cross continued to shed light on people and kindle reconciliation. He has given you the ministry of enlightenment as ambassadors for Christ. Right after teaching the Beatitudes, he said, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. Matthew 5, 14 to 15. That means the Beatitudes are not only for your enlightenment, but also for you to enlighten others. If you don't know what to teach others, do like what Jesus did, starting with the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are packed with light. The more you enlighten others with the Beatitudes, the more you get enlightened. There are five key principles of enlightenment that I would like to share with you today. And I put them together in an acrostic, light, L-I-G-H-T. First, L for love them. After the resurrection, Jesus commissioned us to make disciples of all nations. Disciples are followers of the light. To make disciples, you must love them as Jesus loved his disciples. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment that you must love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. John 13, 34. John Maxwell says, if you don't love them, you cannot lead them. Jesus would say, if you don't love them, you cannot enlighten them. I know some people just loved to teach without caring about whom they teach. If you talk and no one listens, you are not teaching, but just mumbling. There's a saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So before enlightening others, ask God to equip you with love. John said, whoever says, I am in the light, while hating a brother or sister, is still in the darkness. Whoever loves a brother or sister lives in the light. And in such a person, there is no cause for stumbling. 1 John 2, 9-10. It says, without love, there is no light to shine. The previous six steps should prepare you with love. If you find yourself dry and dark, review those steps. So first, kindle your light by igniting your love before enlightening others. Number two, I for ignite them. Enlightenment is not just to show off your light, but also to ignite the dormant hearts. Jesus sees us as dormant lights. Even before we shine, Jesus recognizes us as the light of the world that needs rekindling. 
He says, "You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid." In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Matthew five fourteen and sixteen. In Jesus' eyes, you are like hidden jewels waiting to be discovered. Even when he was on the cross, he still saw the potential in us. He said, "Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing." Luke twenty-three thirty-four. In this prayer, Jesus implies that we are not innocent but ignorant. Ignorant is the opposite of enlightenment. He asks God to forgive our ignorance. After the resurrection, many of them had their spiritual vision restored. They were enlightened. But don't worry if some people don't click. Even Jesus couldn't enlighten some of them, including one of his own disciples, Judas Iscariot. Our job is to ignite and be patient. Some people are late bloomers, and we will not see our harvest on them as soon as we wish. Some people may flame up for a moment and die out. Don't give up, just as Jesus never gives up on us. Number three, grace them. By grace, I'm talking about the grace of God, not the graceful grace, but the gracious grace. What makes Christianity different from all other religions is the amazing grace. When we pray, we often begin addressing God as gracious and loving God. John said. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses; grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. John one sixteen to seventeen. Grace is what makes Jesus shine. The law is important, but it binds us. Grace and truth are what sets us free. There is a subtle difference between grace and mercy. Grace is when God gives us something we don't deserve, and mercy is when God doesn't give us what we do deserve. For example, we don't deserve forgiveness, but God gives us anyway through His grace. On the other hand, we do deserve punishment, but God does not give us the punishment out of mercy. Grace touches people's heart more than anything else. Have you ever received something and say, "Oh, this is so precious. Oh, I don't deserve it, but thank you and thank you." There are 2.3 billion Christians around the world, not because they fear God's punishment, but because of grace that touches their hearts. Almost everyone in the world know the song "Amazing Grace," because that is the song of enlightenment. So practice grace, and it will make you shine and enlighten others and yourself as well. Number four, hear them. Do you know sometimes you don't have to say a single word to enlighten people. All you have to do is just listen. But we must know that listening and hearing are quite different. Some people listen but do not hear because their minds are elsewhere or. Thinking about what to say next, the apostle James said, "You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger." James one nineteen. 
There's a reason God gives us two ears and one mouth. We need to listen twice as much as we talk. Sometimes we find our own enlightenment just by talking to someone. It's like thinking out loud, but in front of a set of uh, attentive ears. There's a listening method called active listening. It teaches you to listen and make sure the person feels heard. Active listening requires to mirror or repeat what you heard to the person back and ask, did I hear you right? Until the other person says, yes, that's right. That method can be very helpful in inducing enlightenment. Men and women are also different when it comes to talking and listening. Women often talk to express their thoughts. They don't expect you to solve their problems or do something about it. They just want your ears. However, when a man listens to a woman talk, his mind wonders how to solve her problem. As a result, she doesn't feel heard. As the saying goes, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Sometimes all you need to do is pair two people of the same gender together to hear each other out. Number five, lastly, teach them. This one is straightforward. As mentioned, teaching does not just enlighten others, but also yourself. Teaching allows you to refine your thoughts and expose the wrong theories if there are any. It also forces you to discover new territories. Jesus said in the Great Commission, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Jesus commissioned you to enlighten people of all nations and immerse them into the community of grace. The last verse says, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you and remember I'm with you always to the end of the age. The word remember is not in the original Greek text. It's better translated as behold. It implies that when you teach, you see Jesus with you. He's there with you always to the end of the age. But if you want to see him by you, teach. Teach what? Teach everything he has taught you. There are many modes of teaching. You don't have to always stand in front of people to teach. You can write to teach. Paul wrote many letters when he was in prison, which became the main part of the New Testament. If God did not put him in prison, we might not have the New Testament. Your writings can pass down from generation to generation and continue to enlighten people who read it. So if you are more comfortable writing, write what you want to teach. You can also teach by recording your voice on a recorder if that is more comfortable for you and publishing it as a podcast. By the way, in case you don't know, my weekly messages are available on podcasts. If you don't want to see my clumsy face but just want to listen to the message, download my podcast on your favorite podcast app.
The point is you can be creative in your teaching. You can also teach by arts and crafts, songs and poems, or painting and photography. Or you can simply post a piece of quote that says, don't pray our father on Sunday and live like an orphan the whole week. Someone like me would find it short and sweet and enlightening. There you have it, the five principles of enlightenment, light, L-I-G-H-T. Love them, ignite them, grace them, hear them, and teach them. Let's put them into practice to enlighten the world as we are enlightened and behold the presence of Christ among us. Enlightenment is not the final step to heaven on earth, as you might expect. The moment you shine your light, the force of darkness will try to put you out. You may have seen some people rose to stardom like a bright shining comet, but for a brief moment and get swallowed by the darkness. So Jesus has another blessing for us to receive, endurance. Coming up next week, endurance, the eighth and final step to heaven on earth. That's it for today. I hope you find this message illuminating as much as I enjoy receiving it from the head office. Until we meet again, keep your light shining brighter and broader. Thank you for listening. If you would like to maximize your life and leadership by unlocking your spiritual advantage, please feel free to direct message me on Twitter at Samuel Stone or visit SamuelStone.com. I'm looking forward to talking with you. See you on the next episode. Bye now.